Welcome to the Sport Media and Tech Podcast. I'm Keel Blake. On this episode, Dr. Jeff Porter and I talk automated intelligence with Don White, CEO and co-founder of Satisfy Labs. We have a lot of fun talking about where you can find cheese curds, Jarvis, Iron Man's personal assistant, and more serious topics like diversity inclusion with AI. Stay tuned to learn more. How did you get your start in, uh, in automated intelligence or sports or tech? Tell us a little about your journey. Totally by accident. I think it's, uh, it's always interesting to say, well, I planned it this way. But when I was at Bloomberg, when I was 25 years old, someone said to me, hey, I know you run a small department now. Would you like to do something new and different? I said, sure. You know, does it pay the same? They said, yeah, uh, we have this new technology called algorithmic trading. We're going to train you how to teach machines how to outtrade people. And that Bloomberg, that was a pretty cool thing, became a huge business. 15 years into that, I was looking for a new opportunity and I got a bunch of, hey, you worked at a great company. We don't know if you're good or Bloomberg's good. And if you've built up a 15 career, 15 year career somewhere and you can't differentiate your talent and performance from your brand, you struggle. So I went looking for a, a startup, found one and I met my partner actually at this startup. And so what we were working on is how could we apply, we both had Wall Street background. How could we apply our Wall Street background to a new idea and we have a funny story about how that entered into City Field. Do you want me to tell the story? Yes. Please you want me to tell the story? The story? Yeah, absolutely. Please <laughs> do. We started don't, here. Might as yeah, well don't, don't just hang it out there on us, Don. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to create some like urgency, you know. Uh, so it really started simply. We thought that there was a data gap in understanding fan behaviors and purchase behaviors and why they buy things and what they're looking forward to experience at a stadium. And so my partner, so he was head of quant or head of prop trading at CIBC is like, hey, you know, City Field has bacon on a stick. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that. How, how do we know that? Like, let's get some, like, let's go get some bacon on a stick. And we said, well, how would fans know that? And so the whole core of the idea was what kind of a search engine could we develop to help fans find pork on a wooden piece. And that kicked off the idea and we pitched it to the Mets and baseball and here we are four years later with 200 clients in the space. That's hysterical. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is absolutely hysterical. Um, so so let's, let's take this a bit further then. So where you are and kind of all the experience that you had, how would you define AI and what is AI you know, for our viewers out there? Because they know they've listened to a few other folks uh, give their own definitions. How do you define AI? How do you see AI impacting your business? I mean, it's, it's simply put, it's, it's computers or machines that can accomplish tasks that are typically thought of to require human intelligence. So it's a machine able to complete tasks that you'd think a human would have to do. For us, we use conversational AI. So AI has a bunch of forms. There's like visual identification AI, there's speech recognition AI, there's the performance AI that you would see in sports, but ours is conversational AI. So we've taught machines to understand what humans would in a large volume of questions or purchase que purchase decisions and made it so we can automate it at scale for our customer base. Uh, that's awesome. And I, you know, there's so much that AI can do, Don, and, and I'm just curious. So today, what is your bread and butter for AI with Satisfy Labs? And then, you know, just could you share a little bit about the importance of just interactivity with AI and what you're exploring there? Yeah, I mean, the, the core product 
pre-COVID was so heavily based on the live experience. Like if you think about, you know, BC before COVID, we think about the BC world. <laughs> yeah. It's Screw like, it. hey, I'm I'm going to a stadium and maybe I have a kid who's got a gluten allergy or maybe I like to park close or maybe I'm looking for a Guinness in a can, which is a terrible idea. But maybe there are those things that I want to find and get. And so we had a tremendous amount of usage for that. I think the epitome of our business occurred when everything shut down and people were still asking high volumes of questions like, where do I watch and who's pitching and you know, when will tickets come back? So the interaction of being able to both learn, the machine learns, and then being able to say, oh, you can watch it here and click here, or oh, here's who's pitching tonight, or hey, someone's on second base right now, do you want to watch the rest of the game? That's where I think we complete the usage process for on, on information on demand. So Don, uh, let's take a step back and let's talk about what Satisfy Labs is, how the company came to be, because I know you kind of touched on that briefly. And let's talk, let's talk about um, Satisfy Labs as an opportunity or, or organization that's able to help other organizations as you've already done to kind of use this technology that you've developed. Yeah, the core, it's a data company at its core. And so we literally at the simplest format wanted to provide an entry point for consumers to digitally ask questions and get them answered in real time. So whereas, you know, if you speak to someone, that's not recorded. If you email someone, it's very hard to really categorize all that. If you go on a website and you click around, how do I know if you found it or what you were looking for? So how could we digitally like get footprints of what people really wanted and do? So the interactive answer engine is a product that produces answers in real time and then creates a dialogue conversational format so we can continue the conversation, continue the relationship. Other companies, we do have a lot of partnerships. We're partnered with most of the mobile app companies. Our two largest partners are Google and Apple uh, and Amazon. I put in that category, so three. So those products utilize our technology to surface or publish the content that the brands have. Like if I am the Minnesota Vikings or the Minnesota Twins, I want my information to get to my fan directly. So instead of going to google.com and trying to find out, just ask the Twins or ask the Vikings or ask whoever, we want to create that brand. So a lot of partnerships come into us to help them get their content in front of the end user or the fan. So earlier, Don, I'm sorry, I can't get off this topic, but you mentioned bacon and I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> Dr. Porter here lives in the Midwest. <laughs> you know, uh, I can't, so bacon, let, let, let's, let's bring this all back to bacon. Um, you know, so bacon goes really well with cheese curds. And when you're from the Midwest, you know, if you're going to go out, you're going to go watch a game, you're going to be at the bar, bar food is bacon, cheese curds, and whatever else you can have with it, right? So could you share a little bit about just how you're learning and innovating from customer inputs, and then what the AI outputs, but going back to the example of how can you just find cheese curds when at a Vikings game in Minnesota? Cheese curds are not everywhere. It's actually the number one asked question in U.S. Bank Stadium is related to it's ticketing first and cheese curds are second. So even though it's <laughs> your experience, I don't know where bacon is on that list. I don't think it's, it's there, but we could we could supply it. I think the learning is so fascinating. This year, um, specifically, we had a, a pandemic 
And then we had some social justice issues that were really serious in the sports uh, sports space. Our system had to handle questions like, how do you feel about Black Lives Matter? And how do you feel about your athletes kneeling for the anthem? And we actually went to our customer base and said, well, is there an answer here? Like, what, what do you want to say? What do you want to represent? And there were various brands that said, we have something to say and we're proud of it and we're proud of our position. There were other brands that said, you know what? We'd like to stay silent on this topic. And so I think this digital age of information where the system is saying, hey, fans are asking me questions and I need to know what to say. It's not just learning what the fans say. I think we're also learning what the brands are able to say. And it's a complicated topic, I understand, but 50% of our top intents this year are new. They didn't exist in 2019. That's a machine that's like, what's going on in, in my world that half of what I knew last year doesn't count. So it was really fascinating to see how fans utilize the platform to get real important information. So Don, actually, since you brought it up, I kind of want to ask you like more of a, more of a social justice question in this context. You've already touched on it a bit, but based on, you know, the Black Lives Matter and all the social justice issues that, that hit during the summer and that were kind of very prevalent for, for, you know, even everybody, right? We all saw it. We all kind of experienced it. What are some of the key learnings that you utilize from that in your uh, company and then for even the folks that work for you? We have a statement on our website that actually does uh, articulate a couple of things. Now, I'll tell you candidly, I grew up in Brooklyn. I, I had a very diverse upbringing, but, but we even discovered biases in our AI. Like mm -hmm. there were certain words that we didn't treat as uh, important, like to, to be candid, you know, there are certain words that we needed to, to pull out and say, you know what, these are like words that we should perhaps not have this fan come back. And maybe these are words that are less threatening and important. We also went through a whole DEI education program. So Vince Pearson's a friend of mine from minor league baseball, you might know him. I reached out to him very early on and said, hey, listen, you know, we need to take a step back as a company and say, are we actually doing enough to, you know, from who we hire to how we educate, to how we train our systems, how we engage in the, you know, the, the new culture of our world. We, we were very aggressive about it. If anyone wants to read on our website under the about page, you'll see our entire platform was written out. We took a very aggressive approach. We didn't want to put some stupid hashtag on an Instagram or a, a Twitter and call it a day. Like we actually invested about three to four months into our first phase of the program. And next year we have some plans for an HBCU internship and some other ideas that Vince has come up with that we plan to initiate as soon as we can. You know, Don, something that we always talk about with our students is just you know, treating people with kindness and respect and just remembering that, you know, what you do with your actions and your words uh, will be remembered by not just the people you think you're interacting with, but all those that are observing your actions. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, um, we as people sometimes can't get along as is with other people um, and aren't always the kindest, but what, what do you observe in terms of interactions with AI um, something that I always, you know, at home, when I, when I ask Alexa to turn on some music, I say, please, do you see, do you see kindness over text and, and chat? <laughs> I mean, I have great stories about this. My favorite is when we had a, a, uh, the system had a bit of a personality and it was very good at finding beer. 
and the person on the other side actually thought it was a bartender. So as as the fan, I'm not gonna, I know what gender, I'm 99% sure of the gender, but I'm not sure. As the fans engage, like, well, what about beer here? And it's like, oh, you can find beer here and it's amazing. Oh, what about, what about after the seventh inning? Oh, and he's like, hey, are you busy tonight? And, and so the, <laughs> we have some kind of like, we have some kind of like fallback that says, oh, you know, thank you, I'm whatever. And it's like, no, no, like, could you meet me now? Like, so after three or four beer interactions, the fan asked it on a date. And I snapshotted it and, and said, this is awesome. What's fascinating is how raw people will be on, on an AI system, as if it's not digitally recorded. People mm -hmm. will put some very profane language about a player. Uh, we had to create containers about coaches. So if a certain NFL team loses a game, there is a spike in what we call the coach complain category. And so it's, it's both ways. You see, I used to track how many people say thank you. And mm -hmm. I thought that was weird. Like, so you're thanking a machine who also mm -hmm. says thank you back. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, that's odd. So why are we polite <laughs> to machines? It's kind of interesting human behavior. And why are we raw to machines that are mm -hmm. recording our behavior? It seems us as humans haven't really figured out the right way to interact with machines. I mean, I think that goes back to, and Keel and I spoke about this before, like mm -hmm. the old additive of the machines will become self-aware. And yeah. they'll be, you know, yeah. they'll take us, you know, iRobot, Terminator, Matrix style. Sure, sure. It, it might be nice to be kind to your AI overlords mm -hmm. right now. But Lord knows they'll remember more than we do by the time they that comes around. So <laughs> well, they, they only know what they've been taught. And yeah. that's a very, you know, this whole like the touring concept and Will machines think ahead of you and whatnot? What's really true is we have a team of three people that are constantly teaching the machine new things. A good example is a reservation was really a restaurant concept. A face mask was a football helmet concept, just BC. And so now the machine's like, wait, people wear masks everywhere? Like, what are you telling me? Like, that, that can't be true. You can't wear a face mask to a zoo. The machine's like, you know, doesn't compute or a reservation. Now you have to reserve your spot in an aquarium. There was no such thing as a reservation at an aquarium. So trying to teach a machine through COVID was almost as hard as living through it uh, ourselves. So it's, so it's fascinating. How much data did it take for you and your team to teach a, the AI system that now we're all wearing whatever you want to call them, face masks, face coverings, the difference. And now we're all getting checks. reservations of everything needs a reservation because you need to make sure of capacity numbers. Right? How do you much did you, how much data did it take to like teach a machine like that one simple concept of face mask? Five million phrases. I only know this because I was writing my end of year report. And the answer is it took five million new phrases to handle the volume of new questions that we'd never seen before. So keep in mind, right now we can handle somewhere between 60 million questions or something crazy like that. Even if you include statistics and you know all the derivatives of like this, that, and the other, because we've been at this a couple of years and we focused heavily on the industry. So to add 5 million new things after three and a half years of doing the same thing, it just gives you a, a total understanding of how unique this year is. and. Now what's happening is they're starting to merge because you know finding food with a mask and now 
you know, can I eat with my mask on? Like now you're starting to, the exponential math equation goes out huge. So we're starting to merge our post BC learning with our, some of our pre BC learning. And that's, that's a real fun project for the team for a Christmas break, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Don, you just went AI Dr. Evil on us. Uh, yeah. if you're Austin Powers with, with I'm sorry. 5 million going to 60 million. The number just keeps numbers. rising. Big yeah. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> no, but hey, I think uh, I want to go back to what you shared about the NFL and, and, and some of the stats and, you know, questions about players, coaches. So, Recently, I think you partnered with StatMuse to share um, an experience for NFL teams. Could you share a little bit about that and just what you've been learning from the inputs and what people are curious about when they ask about stats? Yeah, e Eli Dawson is the CEO of StatMuse. Uh, we're both Google portfolio companies, so we actually are in the same portfolio at Google. So I actually met him through the sports network, and then we share an investor, which is, which is really cool. So he is a specialist, he and his team are specialists at really complex questions about stats. Like how many rushing yards does Lamar Jackson have against the Steelers in his career or this year? Or what's Justin Jefferson like would give you a whole profile of this year. So I love what, he, what he's done. And I said, you know what? There's a best of breed concept here. So what we saw was fans were starting to ask, not just like, you know, when are we playing or you know, what position is this player, but something more complex because they might want to set up their fancy lineups or, you know, look at their uh, betting in the state that, that where it's legal. So we thought, hey, we're getting these questions. Our system's processing them, but we need a partner here. So I reached out to Eli and said, hey, why don't we build a product together where we can combine our AI system? So my AI talks to his AI. I've got two machines. Watch out, try, you know, here it comes Skynet too. <laughs> and uh, and it's that uh, we launched in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and others are coming soon. But it does create that experience where you and your buddy have a bet. Like, hey, the last time Dalvin Cook played against the Dolphins, he ran for 100 yards, right? I don't know. Let's ask. And so we wanted to create that type of engagement. So people love the matchup questions. That's what they're really looking to, to dive into. So, Don, with that, are you seeing more questions now because of the of – the availability of sports betting and how it's becoming so widespread. Do you see more um, of those questions tied to not only is how much, uh, how much rushing yard did Lamar Jackson have in his career or against Steelers or the Patriots, et cetera, but like, what's the line on this? Where can I go to get the quick, the quickest uh, bet in, you know, is there an app for that where the best app is and things like that? Like, how are you seeing that new kind of wave uh, of sports betting take hold in your industry? So we are, um, we, people are, the lines is a new data set that I'm, I'm working on because that's, uh, the spreads are, you know, what's the spread? Yeah. I just want to know the spreads, a quick one. The All Michigan, this... Ohio State spread on Tuesday opened up at 39 <laughs> and a half. So, Listen, I just said you, I have family, family, I have family in Columbus. I won't tell you what campus they live on, but I have family in Columbus. And, um, and they just, they're, they're about to create a sixth game for them. Or something if you that just saw the, the news yeah. by the way i guess they're privileged in, in <laughs> but um what what we started to see is you know everything with ai is learning so we can see kind of what people want a little ahead of time like i can tell you last summer i was like what's hard seltzer because people are looking for it in a stadium and listen i would tell you you would not know what white claw was when we started seeing it we have someone asking about a panda 
having a virus in China, February 10th or 12th. So in this case, what people are doing now is they're starting to do the matchups and now we'll start to collect the data on when they ask for the, the line. So we're talking to one of the top gambling uh, companies that you'd probably associate with sports and saying, hey, let's get your data feed ready because progressively this is where it's gonna go. And they're like totally engaged about where you're going, which is, hey, let's, let's actually start to promote our product while they're asking the matchup questions, not wait for them to discover they can ask the line questions. Part of AI's struggle is discoverability. You ask Siri or Alexa something, you get so annoyed when it doesn't know. You're like, you should know that. Yes. Our system's the same. Our system's the same way. Sometimes they're like, why didn't you know, you know, the, what the weather? Well, I don't know. I didn't hook up the weather feed yet. Like, do you want to know if you ask it five more times, I'll know you really care or use the app on your iPhone. It's staring you in the face. Maybe that's a better way. So we're getting there. You're right on the path of where I'm headed to. Um, so we'll be there. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about just asking questions and engagement, but I, I think, you know, what we what we really just shared was an opportunity where, we can uh, start having more mobile conversions, right? You talked about buying tickets. Um, now they can just not maybe ask for the line, but maybe in the future they could place a bet through chat and things like that, right? But that's where um, I'm not gonna. I'm not trying here to have a Boston accent, but I want to ask you about the wicked <laughs> results. All right, so I'm not even gonna attempt that, Jeff. Maybe you can make a play at that. I don't. I don't have that. I'm not Mark Wahlberg or any of those guys. Uh, so Boston um, accent is a little too hard for me. Yeah, I got yeah. New York down East Coast. Boston yeah, is little, yeah. the A's are a little hard for me. Yeah, but but Don, we <laughs> want to know about wicked results. Yeah, it was uh, you know that idea was born out of two two people that I met a while ago. I pitched them the product, and they were on Broadway, and they said, "Hey, can you grab grab dinner?" And I'm like, "Hey." <laughs> Who's paying, you know? And so they said, hey, we, we, your tech is, you're not even using it right. They're like, this thing could replace box offices and the future is gonna be digital. People are gonna wanna just go have a conversation, buy a ticket. They don't wanna use the phone or anything. This is 2017. So we started building a bunch of products. The brainchild of that um, works for us. His name is John Scott. He was the chief revenue officer at Hamilton. He said, look, people go to websites want to they know they want to buy let's take some of the the thought out of it so if you see it's a very simplistic tool it says hey do you want best value so do you not want to pay a lot of money do you want like best available because you're on like a major date or, or is the date important to you so it walks you through a simple conversation transacts we did about three million dollars of tickets i think it was wicked and one other show in q4 just with a handful of shows and the conversions were like 20 21%, some ridiculously high number like that. And I know there's a number on our website, but the price per ticket increase was like 12 or 13% because we were using conversational tones, not pick the mezzanine level two. I tell you, we sold every ticket without showing a seating chart. And people told me we were nuts. I said, you know what? I think if people know that the machine is choosing the best available site of the stage, they believe that. I don't know that they know by looking at that frame, what is the best seat? My machine said, hey, this is the best seat. Uh, it's also the best seat that Wicked wants you to have. So keep in mind, machines have bias too. Some are in your favor and some are in the favor of the person that pays us. So keep that in mind. <laughs> well, again, this is, this is how we got to Skynet. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so 
based on kind of where you're at and kind of where you're seeing the industry projecting, what kinds of applications or what's the future of applications for these mobile devices that we're all carrying around now? They're all tracking us at this point. Where are we going with that? Uh, we're very close with Apple and, and Google. Apple, I would highlight, there's a product that I've been working on and it's in a couple of stadiums and we, we, launched, we launched two this year in baseball that I think are the future. Jarvis from Iron Man is such a great, I hope that's a, I can use that. Yes, um, uh, let's, you know, let's go for it. Gonna, wait, for those who don't know, don't know uh, Jarvis is uh, Tony Stark's digital assistant and it was Tony Stark's father's butler when he was alive. So that's me nerding out. A little bit <laughs> yeah. keep, keep going, Dr. Porter. I love it. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, I, didn't I know, was. So <laughs> I didn't know the father. <laughs> I didn't know the father part. And I feel like I've seen yes. that movie. Like I learned something. Jarvis was the butler for Tony Stark's father. You see that on a military base when they go back in time when Tony oh. Stark talks to his dad. His dad doesn't know it. However, Jarvis is actually his uh, AI digital assistant for everything in life look, look at you pointing down those easter you eggs in marvel movies are, right marvel. here mid podcast i love it yeah <laughs> all right back to our regular schedule program so, right, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the so like where apple's going is look at the apple business chat product it's an ios embedded sms tool and so the pitch there is hey now your brand can be in the same place as your best friend and now it can integrate with the other things in your phone, apps, calendars, Apple Pay, things like that. So the future is really how can these big companies with Amazon, Google, Apple integrate all the information of the brands you care about, all the purchase ease of your voice or your thumb and make it so that you can literally call out like, hey, uh, we did a project with family offer. Hey, are there tickets this weekend for Phantom? Yep, we've got two under 99 bucks. You want them? Yep, I want them. I'll charge you Amazon account. Great, you just emailed you the tickets. That's like today. Tomorrow is like, hey, do you want me to call you an Uber? Yes, I'll call you an Uber. What time do you want to arrive? Want to arrive at this time. So connecting the siloed AI applications is where the real Jarvis is created. So right now you have siloed experiences, but we are not far away from just us tying in with other companies and et cetera to make that whole unique journey where you could all do it via voice or text. So what temperature do you like your Ubers done? Um, I'm a 71 degree person. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to get in. I mean, I barely use Uber now because yeah, I can it's... walk to the only bar open near me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have many places to go, you know, uh, yeah. 71. Yeah, I, it, it's such a different time right now, right? Because we're, we're building for what life will be in the new normal, but we're also building for how to help this transitional time where we now have the vaccine coming out and and things are progressing, but yeah. So with that in mind, um, you had an announcement not too long ago about your relationship with Google. So could you share a little bit about Google's partnership or Satisfy's Lab partnership altogether? Great story. I, I met them through another investor that set up a meeting and I said, I actually forgot that I have a deck and the first slide of our pitch used to be, uh, fans have questions. Google doesn't know with a big Google logo. And then we do. And I'd forgot, I'd meant to flip the slide out and put Apple, but I didn't. So I went in and said, you know, and the two Google people were there and I go, oh my God, I'm insulting the biggest, most powerful company in the world. And I went my pitch and my, um, 
one of the employees that was with me at the time goes, I know you totally screwed that up, but I, I'm sure you feel bad. <laughs> I said, thanks, guy. Like, I appreciate the support. Months later, they invited me out to Mountain View and said, we want to invest in your company. We've seen your pitch and we've researched, you know, your customers and you have a deeper layer of answers than, you know, than, than what we do. Let's work together to get this knowledge serviceable. So we were, we're in the Google Assistant uh, is the fund where StatMuse is. So we're hyper focused on getting our content into voice experiences so that the Jarvis vision that we just kind of joked about is actually something that we're working on. And uh, Google Assistant is one one method for that today, but there's other ideas coming down the pike with with them, but they, uh, they have a board advisor seat. So I see them at every board meeting and we have a tech call every two weeks to get new ideas and, and share some things that we want to do. That's awesome. It really is. I mean, so let's look at your current applications. Like how many applications do you guys actually have? And like, what's the scope of those apps? And effectively, can I download one of those apps to utilize for me as soon as, because I want to be the first, I want to be an early adopter when the applications start talking to each other. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sign you up. You're a doctor. Like you can do whatever you want. Um, right now, the product is essentially owned and, and white labeled by the brand. So you would go to the Twins app or the Vikings app, or you would go to whatever the app of the brand is. We have 200 in market right now. So you've probably hit, if you go to any sports team, you'll probably find it. Now, what's interesting is the teams brand it differently to create their own spin on it. Like the Ravens call it Flock and, and that's on their website. But the, um, I forgot the other one I saw, Slider was one of the baseball teams and uh, Orbit is the Astros, I believe. So you'll find it in a bunch of different pieces. We're, how we tie them all together to your point is the platforms. So the goal is every brand gets their own and then we'll create opportunities for them to merge but our customers have to buy in because the data is owned by the the brand so if i'm the mets per se or the reds or whoever i own that data that search relationship is mine if major league baseball wants to put it together they can because they're major league baseball but there is a little bit of politics with the unification of data that's why the amazons googles and apples are the right places to do that Absolutely. So quick follow up for you is that do you see, do you see college athletics, which is a bit slow and antiquated to getting to uh, the more 21st century? Do you see that actually happening anytime soon? Or are we going to be stuck trying to see what the pros do first and then try to adopt what they've done? We just um, signed Georgia Tech and we just announced, they just did a very, very nice interview about how they're using the product in the early return of fans. And, and so that's, I think that, I think we have to understand that, you know, I think a frustrating thing is people think college athletics and professional, they, they kind of bucket things together and say, oh, well, it's just another football, just another football fan. You know, they don't understand donations versus that's like, not, I'm not donating anything to the New York giants, right? Like it's mm -hmm. a different, it's a different thing. So I think what we do when we approach a vertical is we don't say, hey, Michigan, look at what we're doing with the Houston Texans and mm -hmm. you know the Detroit Lions. And so it'll work for you. We try to build a product that caters to the industry and then expand quickly on that industry. So Georgia Tech, and we just, we just signed another Big Ten uh, team, I think last week. So now we'll get two, three, four together, 
make sure we're building the right ticketing integrations, which we have um, on deck and some other things. So we have a product for collegiate. You want to help with that doctor, by the way? Absolutely. Um, I'm open. Absolutely. Give me some free stuff for putting me on your podcast. Let's let's talk about it. I think that that's why I'm asking the question, right? If Keo didn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, we got, we're trying to figure out what the season's going to look like next Mm -hmm. year and any help we can get will be fantastic i'll hook you up i know a guy i know a guy <laughs> who could hook you up with the uh, uh the best economics available at our company so i'll tell they'll they'll listen to this and know that i gave stuff away they say i give stuff away all the time and i do and guess what i'm allowed to do that because <laughs> i think i think this is in the history of time like the first podcast coupon that we just did b2b this was a, a podcast coupon. cut it cut that out dr porter cut that out <laughs> we could do something for ucf too while we're here i'm in a giveaway mood it's christmas <laughs> <laughs> yeah add them to the list yeah. you, oh, man. oh that's that's a, well all right well so speaking of applications and all the different things that you're doing, you know, and speaking of biases, you know, if, if, if Dr. Porter asks for, you know, a suggestion of clothing, something's blue is probably going to show up. If you ask um, something, I won't uh, say. yeah, something of that color blue. might, might show blue. up. Yeah. But um, if I, it's black and gold, right. But you mentioned this earlier, COVID has brought in so much change so quickly so how do you see your company going forward, assisting with the new normal of getting fans back in the stands? Uh, and, and I'm going to preface that with that we talk about all, all the time with, with our students, you know, building the level of comfort for fans and reinforcing the information they need to know and things like that. So, so what do you see? Yeah, there's two, uh, two ways. One is, uh, it's funny, I, I use this, this saying recently. I said, you know, Imagine that all the information about COVID that you received had been true. <laughs> like imagine all the information from the beginning had come from the source and, and there was a lot of sources. So what we're saying is ask the venue directly and get the answer directly of, of what information you need to feel safe. Like you might say, I can tell you a lot of people, they ask questions about face masks not saying like, do I have to wear them? But what do you do to people that don't? That's a different question. So how are you enforcing face masks is different than what do I need to do? They ask questions like, okay, if an employee has a temperature, what do you do? Not just what are you gonna do if I have a temperature? So this, this two way, those tweaky questions are important because the information is how we're helping with health and safety. Second thing, we actually invented something in COVID and you'll see a lot of it. Um, we'll do it for both your schools uh, if you want to test it out because I think it's it's new. It's called Notify. It's the premise is this. It, actually, a lot of it came from Wicked. Uh, you have a question today, but the answer is not ready. I have a question today, but the answer is not ready. When are tickets going on sale for Michigan 2021? I don't know. So we're allowing you to subscribe to an answer. So I, I want Michigan, hey, text me or email me when you know when tickets are available. I was watching someone at Wicked go, I want to buy tickets to Wicked. And it says, hey, the city shut down. We don't know anything else. <laughs> like, go away. And so we applied it. At, it's on Wicked right now. You can say, notify me when there's an update in schedule. Notify me when there's a you know, new opportunity or discount. And now you can collect information about the person. And answer them when you're ready, but now they're asking Michigan, they're asking UCF. They're not like Googling it and getting an answer where somebody says, oh, Michigan's not playing in 2021. 
They don't know. Doctor knows. So that's how it's going to work with making search not just time-based, but source-based. That's the big idea. I mean, that is a great point, right? Instead of, you know, everyone trying to check the website or check our Twitter feed on a consistent basis to see the information. You know. Right, you can you gotta reswipe every time or reload every time. What, what's the new information? They say, hey, notify me. So as soon as that something is posted, they'll get it information uh, up front. That's that's a great piece. Um, we have a few minutes left, so I want to I want to transition to you transition you into this question of, so a lot of our students are like that recent graduate looking or young professional looking for a new job. This industry is growing rapidly. And what advice? and guidance could you give them as far as career options and where to learn about this information and how to get their foot in the door? There's a lot, I learned a lot on LinkedIn. I mean, I look up, if you look at like, um, we're a Techstars company, Techstars has a sports uh, sports portfolio that's very significant and, and they show you, the NFL has investments, MLB has investments. You can pick three or four Google's, Stadia Ventures is another good company. They have a lot of sports investments. Just try to understand what tech is, is out there and, and pushing it. Because when you interview, if you wanna go work at a team, I, I have employees for me, former Madison Square Garden, former LA Raiders, former Arizona Diamondbacks, former Cleveland Indians, former Orlando Magic, former Hamilton. Like I have people from our industry that came to the table at least knowing what's out there. So if, if I'm interviewing a student, like we've hired some people right out of college and said, hey, you know, tell me three companies in the sports entertainment industry that you think can change the way a fan experiences the event, not ours, just name me three companies and what you like about them. You know, what, what would you say? If you're not able to answer that question with, oh, I love this drone racing company or, oh, I love this new virtual um, viewing company. I just think people will start to wonder if you have curiosity. And I think in this environment, curiosity does give us a kind of a precursor as to how interested you'll be in, in learning. And the, the second thing is just, I think this, this um, class of the Snapchat world and you know Instagram stories, I don't know if anybody uses that honestly, but my kids are off it. They're kind of like, they deaded it. So I think it's dead now. I have daughters that are 17 to 10. So knowing how to apply those things, like I don't know what to do with that. So if someone can take what we're doing and what they are comfortable with and say, hey, you know, the reason I want to come work here, I have, a, I have an idea of how to reach a, a new audience. That's really strong. So knowing what couple companies in the industry and then what you're seeing already out there really will get you interviews. And I can, I can tell you a lot of my friends are looking for people now and uh, they're not interested as much in the veterans from the industry who have learned it a certain way for 15 years, they're more interested in a fresh point of view. Don, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we've covered a lot today uh, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, something I want to leave the students with or anyone else listening, if you have any questions and we haven't answered it today, uh, you can subscribe to, uh, to Don on LinkedIn or Satisfy Labs, <laughs> and he will notify you and get back I to you. Notify. <laughs> yeah. That's a great so, idea. Yeah. <laughs> but that. hey, so so with that in mind, we have a tradition. We always end with asking our guests just to share some last words of advice. Uh, it can be anything you want, but after you, we'll go ahead and take it out. My advice is, I I read a lot. 
and I choose two or three mentors. I have two mentors that know a lot more than me. And I meet with them every week and I ask them, hey, what's one thing you learned this week? So I don't just learn how I do. I And if you want me to give you something, I'll notify you every week. But my piece of advice is try to learn what someone else is learning in addition to what you're learning and you'll see, you'll double the amount of information you're getting. Some I've done and, and I encourage you to do it. And that's a wrap. Join us for more podcasts in 2021 and a surprise episode here before the end of the year. Have a happy holidays from our team here at the Sport Media and Tech Podcast.